dates back a few years, but in 2005, and then again, I believe in 2015, there were two professors from Baylor University, and their names were Paul Frazee and Christopher Bader, and they analyzed data from these massive religious surveys that were taken across America. And after they analyzed that data, then they also combined that with their own in-depth personal interviews that they conducted with people. And they came up with something called the God test. You see, surveys at that time said that 95% of Americans believed in God. But we just didn't really agree on what that God was like. And so, Frazee and Bader, they talk about this in a book that they wrote. The book is called America's Four Gods. What we say about God and what that says about us. And they came up with these four types of God that people believe in. The first type is authoritative. A God who is engaged in the world, but he's judgmental. Then the next type was benevolent. He loves and he helps us in spite of our failures. The critical God who catalogs our sins and our wrongdoings, but doesn't punish them, at least not in this life. And then finally, the fourth type of God was the distant God. A God who stands far off from what he has created. And they provided statistics on, you know, how, percentages of how many people believed in these different types of God. Interesting facts about how the regions in our country leaned predominantly towards one or more of these. But what about you? What type of God do you believe in? What type of God do you worship? And maybe it's a little bit unfair to just boil it all down to one descriptor of God, but if you had to choose one of these, which one would you choose? Or if you wanted to use different terms, what would you say? The faithful God? the compassionate God, the the loving God? Or would you say the stingy God? The cheap God? Have you experienced God's generosity? Now maybe you have never actually come out and verbally said that God is cheap or that God is stingy, but have the other things that you have said implied the very same thing? Have your actions implied that that's the way that you feel about God? Do you Do you sometimes get frustrated because you feel like God is withholding things from you? Do you complain? What would the people who are around you, what would they say about 
your attitude and, and what it implies about the God which you worship and the God in which you believe. What are the things that you wish for, that you want, that, that you feel are missing in your life? And do you live with an attitude of gratitude or with something else? Do you have a mentality that seems to be, I have not, because you're constantly cataloging all the things that are missing from your life, all the things that you need that aren't there? Or do you have an attitude that says, I have it all, because you're constantly cataloging the compassion and the mercy and the grace of your God? What type of God do you worship? Do you believe in? Is he a generous God? This series that we're beginning today, it's all about generosity. Experiencing generosity in our own lives. And so we're going to talk about your generosity. We're going to talk about how you can be generous with your treasures, the things that you have, your wealth, your possessions, your money, and we're going to talk about how you can be generous with your time that's available to you. There are other resources you have, your, your talents with which God has blessed you, but before we get to that, before we can even start talking about any of that, we have to start here. We have to start with this base, what you believe about your God and what you know and understand. Do you believe that he is a generous God? And what you believe about God can completely change your perspective on this world. Uh, How many of you here listening, watching, sitting in the room with me today, how many of you want to be happy? right? How many of you want to have less stress in your life? Right? Could a stewardship series at church actually make you more happy and less stressful? I think it could. I think it could because I think it could open your eyes to see the generosity of your God. And that when you see the generosity of your God, it can change your life. And so I want to change your mentality. I want to change your view of God. And now I suppose that I could change your mentality. And whether you have a mentality of have not or I have it all, I, I could change that by slapping you in the face with some of these memes. My diamond earrings keep scratching my iPhone. No place to put my leftovers. Too much food in the fridge. How about this one? Asked for no whipped cream on my tall Starbucks order and they gave me a grande with extra whipped cream. Someone didn't refill the Brita pitcher and now I have to wait 30 seconds for water. But I don't want to slap you in the face today. I want to use God's word to encourage you. I want to use God's word 
to share with you how generous your God is. And I want to open your eyes to see the open hand of God because you do have a generous God. And so rather than using the sarcasm of the internet to shift your mentality and change your focus, my prayer today is that the word of God and the truth of God's word is going to help us to shift our focus from the little that I don't have to the much that I do, the plenty that your generous God has given you. And King David, in Psalm 145, he lays out the generosity of our God. He first of all starts and he begins by just praising and worshiping God for his greatness, how, how grand and marvelous and glorious he is. And then he says this. He says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. God's kingdom will never be destroyed. It will never fade away. It endures. It lasts throughout generations. And in this world, so much changes, right? So much changes from generation to generation. Uh, Political ideals and leaders, machinery and technology, human ingenuity at work, the popularity of different things, the opinions that we have on morality, uh, the best places to live, the best places to work, climate, clothing, styles. High school boys want to wear short shorts right now. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Everything changes. It all shifts. It all changes. But not God. No, because we live in this world that constantly changes, constantly shifts, we crave consistency, we crave dependability, and God is consistent. God is dependable, and he is especially dependable in his provision, the way in which he provides for us, the way in which he provides for his creation. Every single day, God causes the sun to rise. Every single day, God allows plants to grow, to blossom, to to bear fruit, to provide us food. Every single day, God gives life and breath to animals so that they can be a blessing for us. And God is so generous that every single day, he provides enough oxygen for you to breathe. And he does that for 8 billion people all at once. And Satan would want to blind us to these facts. Satan would want to throw all the ugliness and the wickedness, the sadness that we see in our world, he would want to throw that in front of our eyes so that we can't see God's goodness and God's generosity. And there certainly is ugliness in this world. There is wickedness. And one day, God will be overly generous in his justice and his wrath. But for now, God is generous in his patience and in his kindness. And so in this world, there's still so much beauty and so much grace and so much joy for us to see because God is dependable. 
And so God is so dependable in his provision that David is also able to say something else incredible. David says, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. God is generous. He provides for all. And do you notice how David says this? The eyes of all. There's no other option. There's no other place that we can look. Our blessings, all all the food that we have, everything that we need for every single day of our life, there's only one place that it comes from. There's only one place that we can turn. And when David says the eyes of all, he literally means all. All creatures, great and small, all animals, all people, those who believe in God, and those who don't. And so it doesn't matter if you love him or you despise him. It doesn't matter if you honor him or abhor him. It doesn't matter if you respect him or demean him. It doesn't matter if you worship him or you're angry with him or you're frustrated by him. It doesn't matter if you, if you don't know that he's there or, or, or aren't sure. It doesn't matter. God richly provides blessings. He cares for everyone. The eyes of all look to you. And it's only because of his gracious activity, it's only because of his faithfulness that we have everything we have. There's no other reason except God's generosity. The food in our fridge, the cars in our garages, the roof over our heads, over our beds, over our couches, over our TVs, over our ovens, everything that we have, we only have it because of God's generosity. We don't, we don't have a choice. Now, if we were to look somewhere else, or we were to look to something else, or we were to look to the modern idols that we create out of our wealth, our successes, our achievements, our hard work, that would just be a false god. It would just be a delusion. It would just be a mask that's covering over the true generosity of God. Because God is the one who opens his hands and satisfies our desires. His hand is open. It's not clutched tightly around those gifts that he has. It's not holding on to them. Have have you ever seen that where a child is playing with a toy? And then the brother or sister or friend starts walking over to that child and, and he knows He wants my toy. And so what does that child do? Man, he grips that thing. He clutches his hands around it. He's not going to let it go. No one's going to take that from him. God's not like that. God doesn't feel like people are going to come and steal from him. He doesn't have to clutch and guard and protect the things that he has because he has an unlimited supply. And so, he is not stingy. He is not cheap. He's not worried about 
excessive generosity. He doesn't try to cut corners. No, he knows that he can be excessively generous, and he is. Your almighty, omnipotent God's hand is open. And let's open our eyes to see that open hand of our God. His hand is open to satisfy our desires. But we want to open our eyes to God's generosity because generosity is not just in material blessings. You you can be generous with things like your time and your patience and your attention. And so God's hand was not only open in his material and physical blessings, but he was also had an open hand with what is far more important. And so David describes God again when he says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways, faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry, and he saves them. What type of God do you worship? What type of God do you believe in? He is the God who did not hold his hands tightly over his gifts and blessings, the joys of heaven. He he didn't clutch that tightly to his chest. He didn't keep his hands clutched around his one and only son, but he gave him freely for us all. He sent Jesus. He opened up his hands. And Jesus, Jesus too, opened up his hands. He opened up his hands to be pierced by iron, to be nailed to a tree. He opened up his hands to shed the blood of sacrifice and atonement that would bring us back with God, that would forgive us of all of our sins. Jesus opened up his hands to save us. To be generous as he gives us salvation and peace and hope. To be generous as he gives to us the the promise that we will know happiness and contentment for eternity in the halls of heaven. That's the God that you worship. That's the God who promises to care for you each and every day, to provide for you. That's the God whose hands are open to give you blessings. That's the generous God that you know. The God who will guard and protect you. The the God who will grant you successes in your life. The God who spreads a table before you. That's the God who will meet all your needs. And so what if we focused on his generosity? What would happen if we daily took note of the multifaceted generosity of God? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you over the next three weeks to do something. That every day when you wake up, I want you to think of three things. Three blessings from God's hand that you will experience in that day. And those blessings, they can be great or small. They can be green grass, blue sky, sunshine. 
Or they can be major things, your family, your spouse. We're to pick out the three things that will show to you God's generosity to you on that day. And write them down. Or tell your spouse. And tell your children. Verbalize them. And if we do that little experiment over the next three weeks, what will we discover? Will we discover the same thing that King David discovered? The overwhelming generosity of our God? I pray that we do. I pray that we will. And I'm confident we will. What type of God do you worship? Authoritative? Benevolent? Critical? Distant? Can we all agree that we worship a generous God? A God who has shown his generosity in creation, all the beauty that we are surrounded by, all the things he has made that shows his generosity in preservation as he continues to care for this world and protect us. Who shows his generosity in our salvation. Who sent his one and only son. And Jesus, who spread out his hands, opened them wide to bless us with the gifts of forgiveness and hope and peace. It's our generous God. Know that that is the God that you worship and experience his generosity as you daily put your focus on the much that you have. Paul Frazee, one of the authors of that book, Uh, He said about their God test, he said, this is a very powerful tool. If I know your image of God, I can tell all kinds of things about you. You worship a deeply, immensely, amazingly generous God. And as you experience his generosity, he will enable you to be joyfully generous. Amen?